Welcome back to Badass Women in Business. It is Aggie and Christy. Christy is the one speaking today. Usually it's Aggie giving the badass intro. We're super excited about our guest today. We've got Laura Griffin here with us. And as usual, we will allow our guests to tell us about who they are and how they found us. Hi, everybody. So my name is Laura Griffin, and I'm a real estate agent in the Northern Virginia area. And I also um, run a, a huge moms group in the area on Facebook called The Loudon Moms, which is super fun. I think that's probably the thing in my life that gives me joy is, is, is my Facebook group and, and being able to support other moms and get all my questions answered and their questions answered. And I also do uh, real estate coaching around teaching agents how to utilize Facebook groups in their business for lead generation. So that's Little and I have two and I have two kids, uh, Madison and Brayden, and and I'm married and we have a little dog too. <laughs> we have a dog named Bernie. <laughs> I am so curious about the whole Facebook group, uh, just concept. I'm a huge LinkedIn user. Don't do much of Facebook, so um, I'm I'm curious to know like what made you get into that and the type of audience that you have on it. I'm just curious all around about social media in general, and I'm a forever learner. I found out I I heard by the way, Christy, I forgot to tell you, I was at the National Association of Women Business Owner uh, this past weekend um, to do a workshop on leadership, and one of the people that was in the room said learners are earners and I hadn't heard that one before so I've decided I was a forever learner from now on to be a forever earner so we moved to northern Virginia from from um, northern California grew up in near the Sacramento area had my daughter and then about two and a half years later had my son and I realized I was kind of craving that friendship kind of didn't have a lot of friends here. We had some like moms group where we'd go like meet up like every Wednesday at the local um, local uh, grocery store and they had like a little coffee area. But I was kind of craving that like, it, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and your kids aren't sleeping and you're just like, I don't know what to do or something's happened. You're like, I need some advice. So I started a Facebook group for my moms in my area um, and I added my 10 friends and I was like, no one else is going to join. It's just, it's just going to be us talking about like, diapers and bottles and this is hard. And we have what we call um, 1.0 and 2.0 children. So we have our firsts and then our 2.0s. So this is starting. We had our 2.0s as we call them. Um, and I just started it as like just a place for us to like kind of complain, <laughs> complain and kind of share things. Um, and it started to snowball and more and more people started to join. And it's now grown to just about 10,000 people. We have or 10,000 moms, we have um, other little mini year groups. And um, it's amazing how it can build a sense of community. And it's amazing how you can post anything. I mean, it's, you know, where's the best place to get your haircut? You know, I'm looking for a new pizza, pro whatever it is, and people will tell you their opinion, and they will give you the answer. So if you need an answer, a Facebook group is really where you can go to get your answers. And it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you can, I've learned so much from our group. And, um, done so many different things just because I've heard about it from my mom's group. 10,000 people. That is a huge impact. Uh, how did the word spread so naturally to grow that group? And how many years has that group been active? Just to kind of give our listeners an idea if they have some high ambitions of building a big group on Facebook. So it started about 2017. So Facebook, when you first start, you have to add people, right? And so it kind of is word of mouth, like a friend of a friend of a friend. 
Once you hit that magical about 500, Facebook goes, oh, you're a real group. You're real. Like we want to promote you. So then they'll start recommending you based on what the demographic of, of the user is of Facebook. So Facebook will say, oh, hey, this person's in these groups. So we need to push them to this group. This might be a really good fit for them too, based on the analytics that they have. So once we started hitting um, the 500 mark and then we started getting to the thousands, um, it started to snowball. Um, we did do ads one time and did get members to join via doing ads to a landing page that then redirected them. But we did that once. And after that, and we only gained me a few hundred people, but after that, it's just snowballed. It's just really word of mouth. Um, and it is a lot to manage. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you have to be in the group and kind of monitoring what's going on and, you know, deleting things that maybe shouldn't be there, but it's, it's got its rewards and its benefits to it. I would like to pivot it to your real estate career, because I think that one kind of helps the other, if I understood correctly. So why real estate? What was your journey like in making that decision? Because that's a that's a tough career. Uh, so we'd love to get your perspective on that. It is a tough career. But um, at the time, my daughter, I just had my first daughter. I was a manager for a large bank and realized I couldn't do the 60 hours a week. I mean, I was working six days a week as a manager at a bank and um, I couldn't do it. And even though I loved the job. And so um, the the agent who had sold us our house, I called him and I said, Hey, Eric, do you have any room on your real estate team? I think I want to go into real estate and sell real estate. I had helped, or I had been an underwriter, a loan underwriter in California and I had done HOA management. So I had some experience in real estate and he said, actually, yeah, I'm hiring more people. Um, come on over. So I started selling real estate with my daughter who was just a few months old and it was a lot of balancing. There was, um, I had a couple of dear friends that'd be I, like, can you just watch her for like an hour to like go show a house, please? Um, and they would do it. And I had another friend who had a, a, a in-home daycare. And so she'd watch her like two or three hours here and there for me. And I would literally cram an, what most agents had eight or nine hours into like a one to two hour work day. Um, and I gave away my weekends. I was doing open houses and all the things. Yeah. I mean, that, and that was my journey. And it was, I will, I'm not going to lie. The first two years are hard. I mean, it's a lot of trial and error, figuring out what works for you. Um, doing the lead generation. And, and there was times I had leads coming in on the phone because when people push the button to see a house on Zillow or wherever, and my daughter be there and it's like, oh, it's time to feed her. I can't be picking up the phone and trying to feed her and put her or put her to bed or nap time. So it was a definitely a balancing act. And I, um, my husband <laughs> was a true partner at that time for me and, and really kind of helped me navigate all those, all those times. So one of my guilty pleasures is watching Selling Sunset and they make it look so easy. It's not like that. I wish. I wish I looked like them. So I was like, can I be guys with those clothes? This is what I equate real estate to. To be successful, you have to look good. You don't have to sound good, but you have to really look good and show your assets. I'm not going to mention which ones. And and then you get those million dollar listings. No, it doesn't work that way. You were doing open houses, which I hate. Like if the thought of putting, I hate this, but putting the signs in the ground, whether it's, so in Northern Virginia, we have all the seasons. So whether it's snowing or it's like a hundred degrees in July, those things do not go on the ground and it's the worst. And I hated doing that. Um, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of cold calling at the beginning because you're getting people who push a button on some random website that want to see the house and you're just going to see them. And I quickly realized I don't want to meet random people at a house. I've got 
little children at home. I just, this isn't for me. Um, and that's when I kind of realized that my Facebook group, I was getting a lot of the moms in the group saying, Hey, we have a, you know, we just had another, our 2.0s just had another baby. You know, our house doesn't work for us. Can you sell it? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to help you. And that's kind of how my group, I realized that I had an audience there. I had leads for my business and I had a, and if I nurtured them, that would just sustain my business versus doing the open houses, the cold calling, the door knocking, which I absolutely hate and won't ever do. Um, so that's kind of where I, I had a mindset change. One day I went to a conference in Sacramento, California, where I grew up and it was a women, a women in business conference. And one of the ladies had, um, one of the MLMs, I forget what she was selling, but, um, she was talking about how she used her Facebook group. And I was like, what? And I kind of listened to what she did and catered it to what I was doing here. And really once I branded myself as the loud and mom and a real estate mommy, and people were naturally attracted because that was my brand. I have kids. Yes, I sell houses, but I, I'm a mother first and I have kids. And I understand what those people are going through when they're wanting to sell or buy a house because 99% of my clients have kids. So I can speak, I can speak their language and what's going on in their households. You know, you brought up something really interesting that triggered for me. And I thought it was a really interesting concept that you know, Aggie and I work with business owners all the time and we talk about having an ideal client persona and having a niche. And I met a woman here in Colorado in Denver and her niche as a real estate agent is helping women through divorces, right? Whether they're losing a house because they're getting divorced or now they have to refinance and make it all theirs. I just thought it was so interesting because Usually when you think of realtor, you don't think of a niche. So tell us a little bit more about how that brand developed for you and what it means for you. As a real estate agent, if you want to be successful, you do have to niche, have a niche. And so one of the things that uh, you'll you'll hear all the time is if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. And that's like, and and, uh, what is it? The riches are in the niches, I think is the, is the saying. And so often I'll see new agents and they're, you know, I haven't sold to anybody and they're driving hours away and this and that. Um, my husband has a job with the government and I can't be an hour away and the kids need me at school. So when I finally drilled down and, and realized that my niche was, it, to be honest, my ideal client, my avatar is me. If you really look at it and if you look at the demographic and the insights of my group, it's me. It's 30 to 44 and I'm in that range, more in the end range, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so we're all, moms. We all. <laughs> we're moms. Um, and I, and I kind of stay in my own County. So I really cater my niche to moms with kids, um, who live in our, in our Loudoun County. And I really cater all my messaging to that. Like one of the things that one of the clients said to me recently is I did a, a video about how to shop for homes with children. And it's something that I don't see other real estate agents doing. And it's so hard. And as an agent, you're trying to manage the client and the showing up, but you're trying to manage these kids over here. And so like, I'm always like, here's a job for you. Can you count windows in the house? I need to know how many windows so I can write an offer. And the kids are like, oh yes. The parents like, you need to know how many windows. No, I don't. I need them to go count windows (laughs) so we can think (laughs) for two seconds and see if this is the right house for you. So you have to come up with a niche, whether it's, you know, military, first time home buyers, downsizers, mine happens to be upsizing. So it's clients, um, that fit in that, um, age range with children. And most of them have a, a condo or a townhouse in our area. And then now that they have one or two kids, they're trading up to a single family and trying to get, you know, to that bigger yard and more space and things. So I specialize in helping them do two transactions at one time. 
how are you growing that Facebook group? You said it's friends of friends, et cetera, et cetera, but you are focusing on your county and on moms. So how many do you think you have captured already? How many more are to be captured? And what's the strategy to bring them in? Our county has about 500,000-ish people. Um, and so obviously I have a small section of that, of that 10,000. Um, but I've been kind of selective on who joins the group. I, so I, we, we, yeah, I keep it to like, you have to live in Latin County. We do have one, one or two little towns that kind of border us. And it's like, ah, okay. But growing it has really, it's word of mouth. And I will say when a mom recommends something else to another mom, it's golden and they will do it. And it's, it's the same thing in my group. Anytime someone's got a small business and, or if I post, Hey, I'm using this cake baker today that just made Braden's birthday cake. Isn't this phenomenal? They'll get flooded with orders because people trust what I'm saying. So my growth in my group has been purely organic because of how I run the group. We don't allow certain types of posts. We don't get nasty with each other because I don't, no one has time for that. We're all trying to survive in life. We don't post controversial topics. I will shut it down. We don't bash businesses. I will shut that down in a second. Cause I think if you have a problem with a business then you need to address it with that business and you don't post it to the world because there's two sides um, because <laughs> things happen in business. I'm a business owner. I've screwed up and you own it and you move forward. Um, and so to be honest, it's mainly organic, just growth by how you run the group, the rules. There are other groups in our area that are a little bit bigger, but people say they'll join ours versus that one because of the dynamic and the culture that is built and the content that we provide to our members. I love that you're actually creating culture within a group, right? You use the word community as well. And I think all of us are attracted to certain things because of the energy and the uh, the engagement we get with each other. And so I don't know that many people out there, especially people running Facebook groups for their businesses, always look at it as this is my opportunity to create a culture and a community. And uh, it sounds like it is a lot of administrative work and making sure that you're keeping that culture and community. So is it something that you manage on your own or have you actually uh, found some other people that are passionate about the group that help you with the admin? How does that kind of work? So I'm a crazy person and uh, don't follow my example because I know I'm crazy. <laughs> my business coach will tell you I'm a crazy person and I like to do everything on myself. Um, and so I do the content calendar. Um, I will say I rotate some stuff in that maybe worked in January, might recycle it in July. So I'm not recreating the well all the time. Um, I pre-plan all my posts, um, as I can. And I spend about 10 to 20 minutes a night, not every night, but a couple of nights a week in the group commenting on things and just kind of adminning it. Um, I let everyone into my group because I just want to make sure that we're not getting spam. I do have a virtual assistant who's um, on the West Coast and she um, sends out the weekly email to all my members. So they get a weekly email. We've crafted it, but she makes sure it goes out. And then she will sometimes pop in there if there's a lot of like, sometimes members will flag other members. It, the, the nice thing is sometimes other members will police other members. <laughs> I love it. And so if she notices, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not around and she notices all of a sudden there's like a lot of like posts that are being reported, she'll go in and kind of like clean that up for me or see what's going on. Um, but mainly it's me. But if you, the, the funny thing is I'll run into people like at Target and they'll say, oh, I see you in the, you're in the group all the time. It must be your full time. It's not. I'm in there maybe 10 or 20 minutes a night. Everything else is pre-posted. Um, and 
that's kind of how I run it. And, and I, I do two days a week that I'll just go in and add people, but it's really not that hard. It's really a lot more manageable than you think about, than you would think it would be. Uh, the secrets of Facebook groups. It's kind of like running a sorority of women who support one another and create this sisterhood. Um, I love it. I don't know if I have the patience or time for it, so more power to you. Because <laughs> like I said, I'm, I've got my LinkedIn groups and I'm a, I'm a heavy LinkedIn user. Uh, just because Christy and I have to choose, like, where do our ideal client personas mingle? And uh, since we're looking for business owners, they're mostly on LinkedIn, but I've always been fascinated. Are, there are entrepreneurial groups on Facebook that are 123,000 people to a 500,000 people. And I was like, it's, I'm always so curious about what happens in them. They have a team that they have to, because once you get to a certain level, I mean, you could be having hundreds of people trying to join a day. And then that gets, I mean, we have about a hundred, we'll have like a hundred people request. I added it maybe every week or so, but we kind of have to weed through. Not everyone makes, will join, but it's, that's a lot of, I mean, when you're getting to that, that size, you're going to need help, <laughs> but I'm not there yet. So one thing that I think is really interesting is, um, as we kind of talked before, you know, what are some of the struggles you've had in being a real estate agent and specifically around work-life balance? How have you been able to manage that? Because um, I'm in a group uh, here locally, and one of the biggest things that both the mortgage broker and the real estate broker said was, we got to learn to recognize that if a client calls at 7.30 in the morning, if I ignore that phone call, I shouldn't be fearful that I'm going to lose that commission or that I'm going to lose that client. And so how do you find that balance and set those boundaries with your uh, clientele? Part of it is because my niche is mom. So I have a conversation at the beginning and say, hey, I've got kids. <laughs> and so about six, and my voicemail says this, after 6 p.m., I will return your phone call the next business day. Unless it's an emergency, I say, then text me. Or we're like negotiating a contract, of course. But I tell them like after six o'clock, I'm doing dinner, bath and bedtime routine. And so I need to balance it. And in the morning, um, you know, my kids get on the bus at 7 a.m. Unfortunately, that's when our school starts. But like I start, I'm like a nine to six and I usually work maybe one weekend a month. I have a showing assistant who helps me um, if it's if it's outside of those hours. And that's something that I've learned over the last few years, because at the beginning I was my my husband will joke. He's like, the, I went to mommy and me. We had a mommy and me class that we would go to every Sunday with our daughter and our son. And he would be the only dad there. And after a while, I got kind of annoyed. It was sad because I was missing out on those coffee dates afterwards, or they would go to lunch or whatever. And I was craving that connection. So I finally had to say in my business, no, I'm working these hours. Um, and I have two children that are, that have um, special needs. And so I'm, yes, yeah, sometimes I have to take a day off to go to a doctor's appointment or to do, you know, drive to DC to a specialist. Um, and I'm trans and I'm transparent with my clients. And I think because they, all our moms, they're like, yeah, that's okay. And, you know, I mean, I, today I, um, read in my son's class as the room mom, I was there for about an hour and a client, um, wanted to talk to me about a contract. And I said, Hey, I've got these hours available. Um, and I was transparent with her. I said, Hey, I've got an appointment at one o'clock. I'm going to be in Braden's class reading a book. So you, these are the times. And she was like, absolutely. I can fit in this. And so I think if you're transparent, you're honest, you set the expectation, um, and I happen to work a niche that understands the children, which I think is a great thing about that. 
the clients will understand and respect you. And if the client doesn't understand that at six o'clock, I'm going to be cooking dinner, putting kids to bed and bath, that's okay. They're not the client for me. And I'm fine. And I've divorced clients before. There is another agent for you. I'm happy to recommend. We're just not the right fit for each other. What you're saying right now is so important for women to hear because I see a lot of examples of the contrary to that, of being people pleasers to their clients and not allowing themselves to say no for fear of losing that client and chasing the dollar. So uh, one of the things that I found really exciting when we started chatting is the fact that you're on this journey to support other women in business and show them that it's possible to be a business owner and a mom as well. And I'd love to talk about like, how was that transition? Because it's, I'm a mom. So I know that when I had my daughter, the thing that I did is that I took a sabbatical because I didn't want to have to balance anything. And frankly, the thought of coming out of my maternal leave back to work made me sick to my stomach and and I did not want to do that. Also COVID was starting and uh, leaving my daughter at daycare during a pandemic was not the best choice, but would love to hear your, your transition of, of being a mom to being an unapologetic business owner her shit and who has her kind of, you know, ideal client persona nailed down to the point where you can make your own rules. I totally understand that. I I remember um, I had troubles breastfeeding my child, so I always had to pump. And I can tell you every spot in Loudoun County parking garage is the best place when you have to pull over. (laughs) And there was a cooler in my car showing houses. And I was always cheating. Same. (laughs) I could tell you every spot. I have no shame. Um, just like I can tell you where every best park in the the county is, um, for your kids. But, um, I always was chasing this. I need to win an award. I need to be the top. And I can't remember who a coworker said to me one day, it's not your time. You have these two children and it's okay. You're not going to be the hundred million dollar agent. It's okay. And I was like, what? Yeah, I know. I know. And enjoy this time. Gotta, gotta, gotta. And it, and looking back, it was so true. I was so focused on that, that I sometimes didn't focus on my kids. And I had, um, my daughter was, I think my, my son was a, maybe a year, maybe two years old. And I finally was like, you know what? This is when I set up the boundaries. I was like, I am missing too much with him. He's little and he's only been little for a little longer. Um, my daughter was probably getting close to kindergarten. It was kind of like, wait, like we're getting off one of the daycare trains. <laughs> I can kind of, re- you know, and I've got just one more left at daycare. And, you know, it's funny is I, um, the last two years I've been in the top out of a thousand agents in our office last year, I was number four. Um, and out of the 25, it's like almost all women. So yay. <laughs> but, um, it's funny. It wasn't my time then. And I was killing myself, but what I, what you have to realize is stay in your lane. Don't look at everybody else. Focus on what's and see what's important to you. Is it important to you that you're taking your kids to daycare every day and picking them up at two o'clock and and being able to go be the room mom and and you know picking them up whenever and taking them to go get a treat and just cooking dinner every night? Or you know what is that the important thing? Or is the important thing going to be I want to be the hundred million dollar sales agent? You have to figure it out. And what's important to you right now is what's important to you right now. There will be a time to win all these awards. There will be a time to win all the money. In fact, 
I um, or earn all the money rather. Um, and when my mind shift changed for me, I was happier, I was successful, and I was able to set those boundaries. And I will say now, now is my time. And she was right. This is the last few years have been my time to be the top at my at my game, and that's great. And I've won the awards and done all the the things. And now I've kind of pivoted, and I'm like, okay, I've hit that goal. I, I've done it. I, my, you know, my kids are now both in school. Um, I've hit all the top numbers I've wanted to hit. I've been, you know, loud and 40 under 40. I've been in magazines, all the things. And now I've kind of switched to coaching other agents and other mainly moms that look, there's a better way. The things that your broker is teaching you, the archaic ways of door knocking, dialing a hundred numbers or a hundred phone numbers a day, open houses two times, you know, every Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, you take phone calls whenever that's the old way. And that's okay. That might have worked for that person. It might have worked for that person in the 90s or the 2000s. But it's 2023. You can have it all and you can have a little work-life balance. So, and, and the way I've done that is with a Facebook group. I have warm leads that come to me and I'm nurturing an online community that know, like, and trust me. And I'm kind of, I guess, a local celebrity in a way in my little group. But you know what? That feels good to me. And that doesn't feel salesy. And I'm not salesy. And I'm not in there all the time going, I'm a real estate agent. Use me. It's it's more natural to me. And and that's how I like to sell. And it comes across that way. And that's why I've been successful. And I want to teach other agents that you can do it that way. You don't have to be this way. There is a better way and it's free. (laughs) Facebook groups are free. Stop spending thousands of dollars doing other things um, and have your time and and sell the way you want to sell. So many tidbits and it just doesn't apply to real estate. Like this is instrumental for anybody in business to really kind of hone in on what it is they want. And I love that you talk about there's a season for everything in life, right? And giving ourselves that permission, I think, especially as women, is a hard thing to do. But you're a great example of showing that like, yes, I was running for the top. And then I realized I'm missing out on so many other important things that you can never get back. Um, So that's beautiful. And then you know, the one thing you haven't used the word of is you're building authentic relationships. And when you build authentic relationships, that comes through. And that's why you aren't salesy is because you give them uh, trust and a position of authority in such a different way than other people who are like, yeah, I'm the best at what I do. Look at all my accolades, right? So I think that's really cool. You know, one thing you mentioned, which I think is really important is that The reason why you started this coaching business is because along your journey, you just didn't feel like you had any mentors yourself. Talk a little bit more about the importance of mentors and why you feel so passionate about helping other women, especially moms, uh, create their own own journey. In our industry, um, in fact, in our area, I think it's 22,000 real estate agents in Northern Virginia, and it includes DMV, so a little bit of Washington, D.C., which is a lot. And I forget what the percentage, but it's, it's, it's male, heavy male. (laughs) And I didn't see a lot of, there wasn't a lot of moms. And I know one agent did say something to me when I first thought, oh, you're just a mom and you're bringing your kid and you know, this may not be the right thing for you. Um, but it can be the right thing for me with work-life balance. And, and I, you know, there is, um, later on, I did have one mentor who, um, was like, I want to be you, you're successful. You have a group. You're able to balance it all. And just watching her and how she did it was really inspiring. And I know how powerful being a mom in business can be. And so often in my group, I see it all the time. If I recommend a cake baker or I recommend something, I know what how powerful that is in my group. 
and how much I can really um, influence that business and really help them succeed. And I like that. I love seeing, um, you know, if I recommend a Disney travel planner (laughs) and her business has exploded just because I've said something or my favorite cake lady or my favorite photographer or whatever it is. And I love that, that because when you buy something from one of them, I'm not supporting some big corporation and some CEO somewhere or some selling person, but you're, you're making an impact on that family's life. So that child can go to soccer class or they're, you know, doing cheer camp or whatever it is. So, and also showing women that we can have everything and we can balance it all. And it's okay that you are not, you're not going to be maybe the top in your industry, but you can still make a good living and it's okay because it's, it's not your time, but it will be your time. And you just have to believe that and being able to, and I think it's powerful when we have to support other women in business because it's hard. (laughs) I'm just going to say like, it's hard. And there are days I fall flat on my face. I mean, there's days I didn't balance at all. And I forgot that someone needed their Chromebook charged and the lunch didn't get made and you're having hot lunch today. And I am so sorry. And it's not the food you wanted today. Or I forgot to pick up, you know, whatever. And it's okay. Um, I'm hard on myself and I forget to give myself grace. <laughs> and there were a lot of lists in my, I've got two, well, actually all three people in my house besides me have ADHD. So there are a lot of lists around my house. If you come to my house, you think we're crazy. Cause there's like, did you do, did, 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 did? but you know what? It's managing my chaos and um, it's how I'm successful and, and coaching other women is something that I'm passionate about and I'm excited. I've been doing it, um, this year, 2023. Um, and it's kind of cool to have when the light bulb sinks in that they can, they can start a Facebook group that is free and get leads for their business. And whether you're in real estate, whether you're a lender, whether you're a photographer, a cake baker, whatever it is, you start a community group. Cause that's where your ideal client lives is in your local community. It can just be such a big thing for your business, no matter what industry you're in. This episode is sponsored by Launchable, your kids' favorite lunch snack. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know if you've recently Googled how many real estate agents were employed in the United States, but the data is all over the place. Some say 1.5, some say 2.4, some say in the six digits, but what everybody seems to be okay with is the statistics of gender disparity to where it's a 60-40 split, 60 being male, 40 being female. Um, So just validating everything you said, because I'm a data fan, and so I wanted to see where the stats were, and I'm sure some of our listeners would appreciate that. And you'd be shocked at one thing, though. if you And I don't know if the stats are out there, but when you start a broker, or when you start as a real estate agent, you have to go under a broker, right? And you look at how many of the brokerages are owned by men only. And that's who's teaching, that's who's teaching you. And that's who's teaching the sales tactics and what works for them may work for them, but there has to be an, there has to be another dynamic because that doesn't work for everybody. And, and, and even different learning, you know, however you learn is different. And I think that that would be a curious, I'd be curious to see what that statistic is. I don't know what it is, but I would say a majority of it is, is men owned which is that it should, I think it should be the other way (laughs) in my opinion. Right. Because everybody knows that women are better leaders anyway. So there's that. Um, I'm curious to know, so you've accomplished all of these things. You're an accomplished mom. You're an accomplished realtor. You own a awesome 10 K Facebook group. What's next in your future? Like, what are you working towards? I realized that people wanted my brain and how to start a Facebook group how to grow it, how to um, post content, how to nurture it and to get leads from it. 
and I can't be everywhere at once. And so, um, and I, and I don't have time <laughs> in my day to be with everyone. Um, so I recently started a course. Um, it is done. Um, that was a labor of love. <laughs> if anybody's done it, it's, it's a couple months of your life. I took the summer off and kind of focused on that. Um, there's been a couple revisions along the way, but that's okay. So it's called, um, groups to leads and whether you're in mortgage or real estate or if you're in any industry, really, it teaches you how to start a community-based Facebook group. And we're leading with community and giving back as the main, you know, point of it. And then it shows you, how, I'm teaching you how to grow it, how to nurture your group because you do need to, you can't just post and ghost or not be in your group consistently. So you need to nurture them on and off of Facebook. Um, and then how to grow it and then how to, um, how to do certain content, how to structure your content so that way you can get leads from it and build your know, like, and trust factor with your online community. You know, that's the one thing I find most fascinating, and especially with a lot of women entrepreneurs that we speak with, is one thing almost isn't enough, right? We just had on a woman who does bookkeeping, and she's like, I'm going to create a bookkeeping academy, right? Like, everybody finds that within what they're doing, there's so much more opportunity beyond just that singular thing. And I think that's amazing. And you don't know where that's going to take you and pivot you and, and the influence that you can have. And I think that's what really makes us as women entrepreneurs and business owners is we really want to create impact and purpose for other people and to share that knowledge and wisdom. And it's so wonderful because it's not that we're trying to hoard, like, I figured it out. Ooh, who's going to chase me and who's going to, who's going to figure it out as well? We're, we're just so open to sharing. And I think that's been a massive shift in our psychology over the last probably 10 years. Um, I don't think it's always been that way, especially as women. I mean, we probably were always, you know, uh, kind of gouging for each other versus supporting each other. And I think that shift has just been amazing to see you know, you, you're starting this new business in essence <laughs> by having your courses and supporting people and coaching as well. It sounds like you're still extremely successful in what it is you do. What would you give as advice to, since you specifically look at moms and work with moms, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's maybe listening to this and going, yeah, but I just don't have time. How did she take the summer off? I don't have that luxury. Like, how do you get people to take that next step? I will say I've been wanting to do the course for about two years. Life happened for me in 2000, 2022. Life happened. And I had a family emergency and I had to take time off. And I was like, now is the time. And my father was diagnosed with cancer. And I'm like, now is the time to do the things I want to do. Because life is so short. And, um, and if it takes you two years to do it, it takes you two years to do it. Who cares? So what? And whatever you want to do, will if it's still your passion, it'll still be there in two years. And when I took the time off in 2021, or 2022 rather, um, to take care of my family member for those four months and to deal with the aftermath, and it probably trickled on for a couple of months, um, that's when I really decided that I wanted to kind of get going with the course because my business in real estate, if you're not putting in the effort today to lead generate, your business dies. And you start up today, it's going to take you six to eight months to kind of get the wheels going. But I was able to keep my business going. And I realized it was like, well, gee, it was the Facebook group and all the weird and all the processes that I had put into place. And I was like, I need to do the course because I don't know how many people are in my shoes where something's happened in life and you 
like I keep calling, I call it the train wreck of 2022, the train wreck of my life. My train was going like a million miles a minute, like it normally is. And I hit something and I derailed and it took a while to get back on track. And I realized how many times does that happen in our life? Right. And I want to be able to set up security for the real estate agents that when your life derails, when you have a baby, like I did as a real estate agent and you, and you want to take maternity leave and you don't want to feel guilty because you're not supporting your family, but you want to be home with your baby. I know that guilt. And so I want to teach other agents that there's ways to lead generate that are kind of evergreen and will keep going, even if you're not actively doing it every day. And I know that there's a lot of power behind that. And I want to show people that there is, there is this way to do it. So if, and when your life derails, you'll be going to be fine. Or if your life never derails, great, but yet you'll still have consistent business coming in. Um, for, so that way you can take care of what you need to take care of in your life. I think there's a quote about like starting the life you want to live today instead of putting it off. I personally, I'm just, I am more scared of the unlived life than I'm scared of death. And so it's, there, there are so many people and I think it's true to men and women who keep putting off things that would excite them uh, instead of, instead of living it. And I think it was, um, Oprah that said it is your life and it's worth risking everything to make it yours. Uh, so, you know, just, just live your life. And, and that's the lesson that you've kind of given all of our listeners today. Cause you're right. Life happens and you can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. Just like putting off a phone call or putting off an appointment or putting off getting to know someone because you think you have time tomorrow, but you may not have that time. Uh, after today. So I appreciate you sharing all of that wisdom with the people who listen to us. I'm stealing your Oprah quote. Your Oprah quote. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's, you can you can steal it from me. It's Oprah. So let's both steal it from Oprah. Well, Laura, this has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, not only did you share a lot of nuggets of information that can give people some inspiration to grow their own businesses, regardless if it's real estate or anything else where you're really trying to create a sense of community and also sharing kind of the struggles of life, of being a mom, being a mom with kids that need more attention than maybe the average one, um, as well as just your vulnerability in recognizing like sometimes we can't do it all. And uh, sometimes we need to create that community for support and recognize that when we lean into it, that we get 10 times more than we ever thought we could have. So uh, thank you so much for your words of wisdom, being here with us today, and just kind of hopefully being an inspiration to our listeners. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Laura. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did recording it. If you like our show, please rate us, drop us a review on your favorite streaming app, and we'll catch you on the next episode. This was the Badass Women in Business podcast by Christine Aguilar.